Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 335. Linz, what did we have to talk about today? Books. Lots of books. Lots and lots, lots of books. Lots of books. Actually, it was a lot of books. Yes. What did you uh, talk I about? I reviewed The Low Road West, number one, as well as, he's looking at me because he knows I'm not prepared. <laughs> What's well, new? Welcome to... <laughs> Welcome to Wanderland, number one, and a co-review from yep, Tony the and Wrong I. The Earth from yep. Ahoy Comics was quite amazing, and I kind of quickly ran through, talked a little bit more on some, The House of Whispers, number one, Iceman, number one, Journey into Mystery, The Birth of Krakoa, and Fantastic Four, number two. That's a lot of books. Yep, and then we also had a Spider-Man for Booze in a Book. Also talked about DC streaming service, uh, some chaos in their movie realm. As always. Yeah. Talked about Marvel's success in their yeah. movie realm. Yeah. As always. Yeah. <laughs> in a wedding that will actually fucking happen this year. It better, because if it doesn't, then I think there might be riots. I could see that. So with that... Sit back, grab something to drink, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 335, The San Francisco Treat. believe that you were able to see it in person this week you know exactly what i'm talking about right no what (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm sorry to just drop this this on on you so quickly right before starting the show and not pre-talking what did i see in person what did you see this week that was kind of cool that came to town Oh, the Rickmobile. Yeah. Yes. I figured you would have known what I was talking about. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did like a quick drive-by. That place was fucking busy. I was going to message you to see if you were going, and I would have met up with you because then I would have had someone to chat with while yeah. waiting in line. Also had pre-saw, because I wanted to know what exactly merch they had, which I guess is a lot of different random things. They had things. a lot of stuff. But I went online to see, and then I was hearing all these horror stories from other places of people just saying... If you're not like one of the first like hundred people, you're not going to be able to buy anything because they only have so much merchandise. Right. And how it's just jam packed. And one person said in Chicago it was like beyond two blocks. Like yeah, it was not that bad. Well, so I figured not here in Grand right. Rapids, but it was still, Central probably yeah. don't watch Rick and Morty. However, uh, the brewery that they're at is an amazing brewery, yeah, and I it's really a distillery to be clear. Oh yeah, sorry, distillery. But I I was, like, wanting to go down, and then I just... Yeah, it was cool. The Rickmobile was cool. I mean, it's a giant Rick, I mean, yeah. right? Um, there were a ton of people there. We probably would have stayed, but Connor had to do homework, right? And that's more important than so. standing in line for Rick and Morty. It is. For <laughs> for Rick and Morty merchandise. Um, but there were a lot of people there. We probably would have gotten something. Uh, Gray Skies was also doing a, a party, to go along with it. So you could go in and, and get themed drinks and oh, cool. play Rick and Morty games and stuff like that. So the whole event was it looked like very successful. But it, 
I mean, it wasn't two blocks long, the line. It was within the confined area that they had for the the line. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't crazy, but we didn't stick around for it. But it was fun. P.S., that part of town is super cool. I didn't realize there was so much stuff over there now. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff over there. Nice little industrial district. So I'm just I'm surprised the Rickmobile came in. And I know. It's, it's funny, too, because as you said, too, you know, it's it's just a Rick, like mm-hmm. a truck that looks like Rick is riding on the back of yeah. it. Kind of like the Wienermobile. Like, there's not... I've seen the Wienermobile, and I still get, like, childhood memories of, oh, my God, the Wienermobile. Yeah. So, yeah, when you see a sighting of something, it's kind of, like, cool. That the Rickmobile came out uh, back in, I believe, May, and then they've done two other tours now going to different cities. It seems like they are going to continue on yeah. doing this and Adult Swim has their own, you know, version of the Wienermobile where people look forward to it. Uh, yes, I have a little regrets that I didn't go. You would have liked it. I know. You would have liked it. It was fun. And it, you know, they had you were in line but you could get drinks and stand in line with drinks and they had a whole thing bar. Well, they off. had it closed off yeah. and so it was drinking area. Yep. Yep. So Again, had a 15-year-old child with me, so not really, like, that sort of environment. I'm surprised Mostly he didn't, like, demand wanting to stay. He, does um, he not like Rick and He Morty? does, but he doesn't like it as much as I think we do, which is weird. <laughs> um, but, again, also, he had homework to do, and that is more important. <laughs> I had to be a responsible parent, as much as I wanted to not be a responsible parent at that point in time. All right, well, uh, I, of course, have a bunch of books that I want to talk about, but I want to kind of make them brief because I don't want to spoil them too much, except for one of them, which I'm going to go into depth. Except you're going to talk about all of them in full. No. (laughs) No. Like you always do. (laughs) Uh, Iceman number one came out, and this is a new Iceman um, from writer Cena Grace, who I know... And I have to say, uh, okay, one of the things, Iceman is, is now gay for people that did not know this. And this is... Adult Iceman. Adult Iceman. Yes. Okay. Uh, with this, uh, what I really loved in the back, I love reading the letters to the editors or the like what the editors write to explain kind of some thought processes. And within this, uh, Cena had said... Because there was already, uh, when they made Iceman become gay a year and a half ago, I believe, that there was an Iceman series that eventually got canceled. Mm -hmm. And because of the outpouring and people saying, hey, we want to see more of this, that's why this book is out. Flat out, Cena writes pretty much a letter to the reader saying it's because of you, it's because of the advocates um, out there trying to talk about equality that we are able to talk about this more. And besides him just being a character in the background, let's have him focused in a book. Right. And I do love that there is a predominant... I still, and I will bring it up, I was a little hesitant, not on the accepting of it, but I thought just the that character, because yeah. I was like... It, it, the, he, was kind it was of a, never, he was kind of a pee hound for a while. Yeah. So, <laughs> never... But the way that Cena had written the character to make it seem more of he was always kind of hiding that yeah. that fact and understanding how there are many gay men out there who are straight that it, it, air I, quotes yeah. straight yeah. I was like or living yeah straight life yeah 
it made more sense and it was a good run and so i was like i want to delve in more and see what's going on and this starts off right away with greatly him saving a woman but talking to himself or to the lady of how it was so easy with women picking them up but guys it's just it's hard he's just like he was there even like shows like to him like thinking of how he would do uh picked up like an an, an ice slipper which he would normally give uh, to a girl yeah and that but when he's at a guy yeah that doesn't work on dudes <laughs> i just don't know what's going on and i feel like that would work on you I feel like maybe he's going after the wrong demographic. Well, I mean, I would just flat out say, like, I would cut it and break it in half and be like, there's your icebreaker. Uh. <laughs> That's part of what I love Iceman. And I and I like Cena has talked about trying to make him a little more, uh, I, I can't say adult because he is an adult, but like in the mature? mentality. Mature. Yes, that's yeah. the correct word. Because he has a lot of yeah. corny jokes, yeah. and that's how he's always been. And he even talks, as the Iceman character talks about how I'm trying to be a better person, and I'm trying to be more of an adult and have less dad jokes. And oh my God, in the going jumping ahead a bit, Cena's letter to the, the audience of, and please, you know, if this is your first time reading this, I'm glad. If you're a longtime reader, happy, but you know. If you're a person of dad jokes, just you know, step right in because there's going to be a lot of them. Uh, oh, that's great. But I will say, uh, without too much, having him, this Bobby Drake, who, as we've already seen within the comic books, can make now ice golems. Mm-hmm. We've seen Iceman's powers change from just making snowballs and kind of sliding around to making full-on contraptions and almost like uh, Green Lantern-ish type constructs right. if he wants to out of ice a little more flimsy because they're made out of ice but he can make sentient beings which is something that you know the willpower can't really make in green lantern terms and having him mess around because he's a teacher too and it's oh, one of right. the weird things when you see mutants and x-men that they are still teachers that right gets lost kind of over the years sometimes but what i love is uh He's he's trying to make a team to go save the Morlocks. Morlocks are mutants that pretty much love to live in the sewers. They and don't love to live in the sewers. They're the mutants that don't look like humans, so they live in the sewers to avoid persecution. But there are mutants that live up above that are, you know, in the uh, Jinger yeah. Mansion. They, okay, they don't totally choose to, but they kind of do. Right. They uh, The group, at least, that he runs into... He explains they'd come up there, but they were like, we don't want to be, you know, soldiers and, right. and doing this and that. And They're down with the man. Which is kind of funny because <laughs> pretty much X-Men are soldiers. Mm-hmm. What I loved is that uh, Kitty is talking, he's talking about needing a team. She's like, sure, you know, I can get you, you know, a, a group of people to go on out, you know, Psylocke, Bishop, Nightcrawler, and Storm I can coordinate with, you know, even uh, Prestige is available too. And Bobby's like, sweet, yeah, that'd be a great great group to to bring to help me out with what's whatever's going on down there and then the next day bishop just you ready <laughs> and you have probably be like uh one sec and then you see a little text thing of like uh my backup is just bishop i mean he's my fa- favorite mutant all but like thought you said that i had a whole team 
Well, then this is Kitty replying to being like, you know, Gene and company needed help. Uh, Cerebo's under attack and everything. Which is what's great is that you then know when this book is taking right. place. It's in the now because what we've read in Extermination 2 and what's going on in the X-Men realm with things happening, this is happening in the now. Right. And it was one of those things that I was curious at first when this is going to take place. And it makes sense then. There is some other shit that's going on mm. that's a little more important than... Saving the Morlocks. Yeah, or it's even investigating because he doesn't know exactly what's going on yet. So this becomes a Bishop and Iceman team-up. Oh my god, it's a buddy cop. It's a buddy cop team-up. Yes. And it works so well. That's pretty much all I kind of want to say for the rest of this. Except for there are some great, great one-liners. Bishop just being like, really? Like, you know, being the straight man. Is this like a cable to Deadpool situation? But a little less ridiculous, obviously. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And... I, I, it's just, it's, it's great. And even at the end when Bobby kind of says, you know, that I've now come up with the great buddy cop duo and everything, uh, I like in the direction where it's going. I do, will say one thing that, like I said, I can't feel forced, but in the sense of storytelling, we already got the sense of Bobby's been kind of looking for someone to date and it's not really been working out right now granted he did have uh a partner before and that didn't work out so we have again a single bobby that just so happens one of the morlocks brothers is gay Mm. and was kicked out from parents and everything and so she had to take care of him and i'm like all right is this person going to be bobby's age because it would make more sense I am hoping that it's actually someone younger in the sense of then Bobby can like just be a mentor right. to the person. Or vice versa, where it's older and this person can be a mentor to Bobby. Well, I, but I, if they're I, getting I kicked well, out though, of their house, yeah. they're not going to be older. Well, that's, I know full well this, this woman looks about Bobby's age. Yeah. And she said younger brother, so younger than her at least. Um, also, what I love, because Cena even said it, thank you to Marvel for allowing me this opportunity to tell this story, but also allowing me to have some uh, people to interact with. And one of them, for sure, is amazing because... Oh, my God. It's Sinister. And Sinister is one of my favorite yeah. villains. And I love that he is now just realizing that Iceman can make an army of golems... Which makes him... Can we pro- talk about how Mr. Sinister, Sinister is probably also gay? Like, there's no way that man's not gay. You know what? I guess I never really thought There's of no that. way that well, that man no. is not gay. I wouldn't say he's gay. Oh, no, he's gay. 100% totally gay. I don't think he's... I think he's asexual. If we were going to really put something on it. Yeah. I don't think he sees sex as even something... I think uh, he only sees it as I mean, re- uh, creating life. Right. I don't even think he cares about sex. He just more or less... Uh, I don't know. Sperm and egg. That cape. <laughs> true, true. Okay. Okay. That um, would be awesome. We don't, and that's the thing, right? We see a lot of gay heroes now. You don't get a lot of gay villains. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if that's on purpose because they don't want to villainize gay people. But I also feel like we all have villains that we love, even though they're bad. It would be really interesting for them to introduce a gay villain into that scenario, I think. 
Because especially if it was a gay villain who was just realized or just coming out like Bobby was, because they would have something in common. Like they would have this shared experience, but also be nemesis, nemeses, nemesises, whatever the plural of nemesis is, past tense of nemesis, nemeses. It would be an interesting concept is all I'm saying. Fair enough. Mr. Sinister would be perfect for well, that. Well, um, It would explain a fucking lot. I don't think they're ever going to <laughs> delve into that, his sexual orientation. Because like I said, for him, he's just one of my favorite bad guys of I really don't care. And I've never really seen him have an interest in anything no. besides genetic no. mutation anyways. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't really add or subtract from his villainous. But where this book is going, I am intrigued. I like uh, the last... Emma? Yes. So it's kind of... What it seems to be, a, well, he's going to be talking to her and teaming up with her, I guess, in the next one. Mm. Uh, also, what I've learned, too, is that there is going to be, in issue number three of this, uh, Spider-Man's going to jump on in, and we are going to see Firestar as well, because it's supposed to be a oh Spider-Man and his friends. amazing friends. Yes! Not super friends. Amazing friends. Yes. I fucking love that show. Oh, yeah. That was one of my first cartoon shows. It's such shows the that... weirdest combination of characters. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, that will be awesome. So I, I'm happy with this. I'm telling people definitely go pick it up. Uh, there was so much more actually included. I did such an amazing job of reviewing this without really giving away a lot. But I will say the joke was in there, and you're going to automatically think whenever you think Morlocks of the Mutant Massacre. Yeah, they talk about the Mutant Massacre and. I just prevented the Mutant Massacre number two, volume two, like, <laughs> because that that's yeah. kind of one of those things you think of. Uh, so yes, pick it up. Um, I want to quick go over to, uh, where do I, oh, we'll stay with Marvel. Journey into Mystery, The Birth of Krakoa. You know who that is? It's the Living Island. Yes. yes. Now... I love anything with the title Journey into Mystery. Right. Why? Because that's where Thor came from. And when they had it uh, going out uh, four or five years ago, Journey into Mystery was primarily following Kid Loki around, which was it was just an amazing title. And anything that they slap Journey into Mystery on is simply kind of a, amazing stories. So this is a one-shot, and... Or at least it seemed like it's the one shot I didn't delve too deeper to know because it pretty much ended. And it has the Howling Commandos, Howling Commandos, and okay. Sergeant Nick Fury. Sure. So this is back in the day, World War II era. Perfect. I don't typically like reading those type of stories. Yeah. I don't like stories written kind of pre 80s because it's before my time and I really don't care. <laughs> You're such a millennial. <laughs> I'm just saying I know everything that happened, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and it's not really relevant to now, except for this was an interesting story. I guess I've always kind of liked The Living Island. Mm -hmm. Didn't really need, uh, I didn't know that there wasn't an origin story or it needed one, but let's say nuclear bomb dropped on it is yeah, kind of what... that makes sense. It's like the Godzilla of islands. <laughs> <laughs> It, uh, the story went a couple different directions, and, and I was really liking it. I mean, out of the Howling Commandos, who I really know is Nick Fury, as well as Dum-Dum, uh, yeah. Dugan. And those two were prominent. And 
it was a journey into mystery, especially with kind of the sci-fi, what was going on. Um, as far as they, they saw this, they were coming back from a mission and they saw another fighter plane testing uh, a bomb to end all bombs and that's all they said i almost thought that they should have gone with it was a gamma bomb mm. could have made a little more sense and tie into a strictly marvel type universe right. so they didn't necessarily say it was a nuclear but whether it's gamma and nuclear they both kind of do some strange things and have radiation which was kind of interesting when it it shows some of the people that landed on the island uh were developing some weird mutations and it seemed like they were all going to die because of the radiation and pretty much when Nick Fury gets swallowed by the island and hears some voices and finds the heart of the island it got kind of meta in a, in a way where he kind of worked with the island kind of said hey stop you know let us go let us stay here stop eating us well because he was saying you know we're not here to hurt you, and in fact, we will make sure nothing happens, but there's going to be a search party, and you're not going to want to have to deal with what these other people will do to you once they find out that you are a living organism. Right. So can you please, you know, help us out? So you kind of get this, because they talked about it multiple times, this radiation in the air and everything, and uh, really, if I can show you, Linz, what one of the guys started turning into was starting like having like this moss and everything grow on him too much so that by the end he turns into kind of this weird mossy kind of creature yeah i almost thought that this person was going to be dead and it was going to be kind of like a man thing origin right too. it wasn't but you could see kind of what this island had going on for it and other things that it could do so it cleaned up the air it scrubbed it it allowed them to stay and of course the commandos lied at the end and when the generals picked them up and was like, you know, I can't believe you survived. And they're like, what do you mean survive? Like, you it's know, just the, an this, island. this plane kind of came in our trajectory and it made us crash. But yeah, it's just an island. Well, didn't, you know, a bomb go off? Oh, we saw it, but it was dropped like far out in the water. So if you want some like radiated fish, go search over there. But this island's totally clean. Kind of like, so you, you get the sense of right. that's why people didn't know about the living island back then you got this origin it was a really kind of cool for me like are some of these people not going to make it because i don't know if they were all howling commandos that have always been predominant in which case i would think well of course they're going to have to live right like i said i only knew two of the group it was a really cool interesting story especially with just the how things were going for different groups like another person that you could definitely tell they're dying from radiation poisoning. Yeah. But they all eventually live because the island provides and makes it all good. Yeah. I really like it. It's like a really old version of Lost. Yes. <laughs> in fact, Except they're not in purgatory. <laughs> there were some scenes in which case, well, I mean, the island started, like, providing for them and allowed, you know, some coconuts to be made from some things going up. But there was a, uh, this scene particular with the plane crash yeah. in the back and I almost feel like there should have been some sort of like call sign on the, the plane to make it you know the lo I can't even think of the pre 
crashed plane that was on the island. But since they left this anyways. Right. Sure enough. <laughs> it all. It was J.J. Abrams' idea the whole time. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, I should see if he is the one that, that, <laughs> that came up with this story. Uh, no, Dennis Hopeless that was the oh, writer. So Nice. Yeah. I always love things that are hopeless. Uh, I will quick go into... Uh, I have another big uh, thing that I want to review, but House of Whispers, number one. I'm just going to say it was simply great. Okay. Uh, to do a full review, you can't. I really need to know my... Well, yes. Because I have to read it still. But also need to... The Cajun dialect within it, mm. especially for the gods that are kind of uh, about... I don't know how to necessarily pronounce some of the words. Okay. And that's where I really do feel that I'm going to struggle reading this. Is Sure. Just remember if it's, it's broken French. Yes. Maybe that'll just, help. Well, they even say some quick uh, things in French. And one of the things that starts off with the Gator God guy, uh, there was a little asterisk in translation. But then the rest of the things, it was as if I'm supposed to know kind of that saying, right. which I don't. But I'm okay with it, because I'm just going to pretend whatever it was supposed to be sure. was in, like, then when they start talking about the English words, what it should mean. All in all, I do like the direction where this book is going. I personally don't know if it's going to be the strongest out of the same in universes because of it is a new house. Sure. And unlike the House of Mystery, uh, well... It's not going to spoil too much, but it does show up, in which case you kind of will be more intrigued if you've ever read those books and the people that it involves with. Uh, so, yes, I'm going to say pick that up. Okay. I want you to discuss some things because then I want to talk about Fantastic Four number two, which I said I wasn't going to talk about like when I first picked it up. But holy shit, there was so much in it that I'm so giddy okay. and happy. I'm going to move my laptop back over, so if you hear a terrible whirring sound, that's my... A whirring sound? That's just you? <laughs> my overheating computer. Um, so the I read a couple Boom books this week, because Boom is awesome, and they provide us with just the best comic books. Um, low, I read a book called Low Road West, which I'm a sucker for dystopian future uh, storylines. I love them in my books, I love them in my movies, I love them in my comic books. I'm specifically a sucker for YA dystopian futures. I'm a big fan of The Hunger Games. I love Maze Runner. Like, that shit's just awesome. I don't know what it is about it. I just really enjoy it. Um, and this is kind of along the same line. So it's after bomb atomic bombs have gone off in the United States. Like, there's a full-on atomic war going on, which, you know, is a little worrisome. This is like World War right Three. Now, this is just like it's just you know the wrong people get their hands on the buttons sort of thing going on. Yeah, but this is now days, right? This so is this is post that. Okay, but it's not set in the past of like a giant world war, right. nuclear, it's right? Current something else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's they don't go into the causation or the actual war itself too much yet. I do know that there's a war with what sounds almost like a gang. Like, it doesn't sound like this is a war between governments. It sounds like this turns into, like, 
literally the wrong people got their hands so on some weapons. So factions yeah. like, that could be out there right. and not just straight up, okay. Right. So apparently the west side of the country seems to be maybe more intact than the east side of the country. So they're taking all these kids whose parents have died they're calling them refugees and they're shipping them off to the west side of the country and there's this road that they take to get there, the low road. <laughs> west. Um, <laughs> and they, so it starts with a bunch of kids on, on a school bus and there's uh, somebody like a recording over a speaker that's like, don't talk to anybody if something happens, stay on the bus it, you know, if somebody's acting weird, report it blah 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 and the bus breaks down, and the driver of the bus just leaves. He just gets on a bike that he has in the storage and just rides away. He doesn't say anything to anybody. He just gets on his bike and leaves, which I thought was weird. But <laughs> just whatever. So these kids, because they're all kids, they're all teenagers of various ages, and then one child. How old is the child? Um, I would say he's probably about eight. I don't think they name his actual age in there, but he's, you know, he's the younger brother. Like, there's a sister-brother duo, and then there's two other boys and a, a, another teenage girl. Um, so they decide they're going to get off the bus and start walking, because, well, I mean, what else are you going to do? Uh, and they, as you do in all dystopian storylines ever created, you run into the people who have been in this middle-of-nowhere wasteland for a while, and they're all dystopian, futured out with their weird-ass weapons and their gear that's made out of trash. You know, mm -hmm. like the typical stuff. And um, there's a confrontation, and the lone, the lone person in the middle of nowhere shows up and starts shooting them with arrows. Very formulaic for a dystopian future-type novel. The, where it turns is the the group sees this while well, this kerfuffle is going on over here. Uh, they see this house that they didn't see before, and they go into the house and they get into the house, and the house is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, so it's the TARDIS. Um, not really, but pretty much, it's just, you know, TARDIS-like. Um, and they're looking around and. The they look out one of the windows and they see this town, like this old west town, where the sandstorm that had hit was kind of rolling around it, stuff like that. It was like it was protected by something. Again, something they didn't see when they were not in the house. So there's going to be this whole mystical element to the book as well, which is going to be an interesting combination. I think it's not something I've really seen done too much. On a side note, the boy, the little eight-year-old boy, is playing this video game the whole time called Magic Doors, so that's foreshadowing a little bit. But he sees this deer after they get off the bus that's dead and, like, decaying, and he touches it, and it comes to life. And it's undetermined whether maybe it was just still dying or if he brought it back to life, but I think there's something with this kid specifically. He might be a little little wizardish or have some sort of weird mutant atomic powers of his own that remains to be seen but it was a good story I liked it I can't wait to see what the fuck's up with this town <laughs> and this house 
Um, I also read an all-ages book that I won't really review too much, because, I mean, it was good, uh, but it was called, hold on, Welcome to Wonderland. Not Wonderland, Wander. See, I almost, I almost read it, but I didn't quite, uh, from just kind of reading the preview of it, I was like, uh, will it be for me, will it not? Mm. I mean, it's a boombox title, so it's definitely geared t towards a younger audience. And that's kind of what I felt. Which, yeah. Uh, some of those books are great. Yeah. I just didn't think it was my cup of tea. But then again, I can't just judge things by little snippets or by it's the... It's true. And it was a good story. I mean, it's about this girl who is obsessed with a theme park called Wanderland. Like, she literally knows all the Easter eggs, I guess, that are in the park and all this other stuff. Just, just everything. Like, she's the only one who still cares about this park. She talks about how, you know, they used to make sure all the light bulbs were fixed immediately when they went out. Now they just are letting things fall apart, and she's very upset about it. It's one of those type of children. Um, and she ends up finding a secret door. Goes through the door, much like Narnia. Finds the real Wanderland. The real characters that the characters in the park are based off of. And all this... And then the door disappears, because now she's stuck in Wonderland. So it's a very Alice in Wonderland, Narnia-type story. Um, the cool part is, the, the one of the princesses in this story doesn't go by her name. She calls herself Riot, which I thought was kind of badass. And she's very much like a rebel princess, right? She's going to take down the system from the inside sort of princess, and she's dirty and she still has her princess dress on but she also wears like a bomber jacket so it's just a really cute empowering tale for girls I'm assuming that's what it's gonna end up being uh it's good all right is that it for what you've read besides what we're gonna kind of yeah yeah duo kind of talk about yeah, yeah yeah which is one of the things too which we do try to uh, read the same books, but we need variety, which means we can't always read the same things because right. nobody got time for that. No. So uh, <laughs> I want to talk about Fantastic Four number two. Okay. I am so happy with this book. I mean, Fantastic Four, you know, my love for it. But this one finally talked about what they've been up to, at least as far as Franklin and Reed and Sue and in space and Val and okay the Fr Freedom or not Freedom Foundation the Future Foundation pretty much everyone that in the last pages of Secret Wars where we knew where they're at and they're kind of seem like creating universes I didn't quite understand if it was because at the end of Secret Wars there was some Infinity Gauntlet nonsense and pretty much there was only one universe because Doom took over and holy shit, there was a lot of meta stuff that was going on with that and all the gods and everything. So this takes place with following them. And what we find out is Molecule Man is with them. And what's weird is a person named Molecule Man is one of the most powerhouse batteries of the universe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, as we know it. And we come to find out that Franklin, who one of his mutant powers that we've always seen, uh, he can create universes. And we've seen that, especially with the hero's uh, return when the whole onslaught thing happened in the 90s. 
And there may have been even more before, but when I did, wasn't reading comic books, you know me, if it's before my time. It doesn't does, matter. doesn't count in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in any continuity anyways. Uh, and yeah, so in this, it kind of starts off too with them exploring one of the universes and pretty much uh, you're kind of like, what's, what's going on? This guy kind of seems like Namor and... Uh, Franklin's younger sister Val is kind of really liking him until Reed is realizing what's going on and Reed's like all right we got to go to a different universe <laughs> you know and she's like dad and she was really upset that they had to go and one of the things too and I talked about it before when we learned about their new uh, code names Brainstorm and Powerhouse for both of them because mm-hmm. Val has always been smarter gifted of the the two siblings and when we look at marvel i've talked about it before they have this weird time scale shifting and ever since uh franklin was first debuted slash born way back in fantastic four number six which was 1968 uh he has been pretty much a baby and then slowly grown up right that's 50 years ago yeah He's not 50 now, but he's at least grown up a little bit. And he actually stayed a younger child up until Val was introduced uh, back in 1997 or 98, 99, late 90s when she was introduced. And then he then was able to grow up a little bit age-wise to be the older brother to his younger sister. Now, one of the things throughout the Fantastic Four books, they always seem to depending on the artist or who's writing them, they've always seemed more mature than what they are anyways because mm-hmm. that is just a given who their parents are. But they've always seemed drawn a little bit more older than being kids. Like Val being, should have been like a six to eight year old, seemed to be drawn always as a teenager before sometimes, or at least she came off as being older. But now we get to see her as, I'm guessing probably 11 or 12, putting Franklin probably being 16, 17. And this is a a big change for what their dynamics will be now, now that right. they're teenagers. And obviously Val having a crush on a person, which at first, you know, reads like, I swear that boy reminds me of someone. <laughs> and Sue starts laughing, proud bearing, royalty, bare chested, pointy ears. <laughs> And that's when he's like, all right, we're going. Yeah, like, good choice. <laughs> and this is where we then see, you know, what where they're going to because Franklin has that power to create universes. Uh, Dragon Man, one of the characters throughout the books, uh, even said that he has more power than Silver Surfer, Thor, uh, the Hulk. Mm. And this is something that's always been known. He is an Omega-level mutant. Right. And they think why he's Omega Levels because of the radiation that his parents got. But unlike most mutants that have always developed their powers when they become teenagers, he developed his when he was a kid or right. a child. Uh, and it's strange within here, too, when when they're exploring different worlds and you're just seeing that that's... It wasn't even that they were creating the multiverse, which they kind of were, but there always was a multiverse. So the Age of Apocalypse and all those, even though they were destroyed 
prior to Secret Wars, they all came back into existence. Mm. So now we know that it wasn't just them making these worlds, but they've made other worlds that were never part of the cosmic scale. And that's where shit's going to hit the fan. But I do want to particularly talk about the part when this new bad guy who seems badass but also seems as if she's got kind of the helmet of Maker who do you know who Maker is? No. He's the Reed Richards of the Ultimate Universe. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and you've seen him join. Yep. It looks kind of like she has has his helmet. She's got some mad underboob going on there. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and these creatures all almost seem like the nameless ones as well. Yeah, they do a little bit. It it it, it harkens back to kind of what was within Fantastic Four lore, but something different. And like I said, I'm very curious as to see where this goes. But when they take out Molecule Man, so he's no longer there. What? So you take away their human battery, and then you find out too that Franklin has stopped imagining worlds. So they kind of nerfed that power too. Mm. Uh, as well as this lady saying what you guys have been doing uh, is not right. You can't be just creating universes. And not just worlds, entire universes. Right. Which is kind of funny when they're talking about exploring them. Some of the different, like the Molides, Moloids, wanted to have a world with a lot more caves. So a lot of the worlds had more caves. One of their uh, people in their group is aquatic so they visited a universe where a lot of those worlds were aquatic they just were doing what fantastic four does right giving the people what they want Mm -hmm. yeah and uh what i love is towards the end it seems like there's going to be confrontation this lady has way more power than what they are able to themselves defeat so reed does what he normally does and tinkers around with a machine to send out a signal for the Fantastic Four, which is what we had saw already previously right. in book number one. And we're finally getting that reunion that we wanted because it seems like they are calling to them their family. They're calling to them the people that will help them out because this lady says she wants to destroy them all. So they're taking them all. And what I love most is this last page. It's everyone that's been in the Fantastic Four. Yes, because you forget that it's yeah. not just those four. There have been plenty that have taken the mantle up right. on the Fantastic Four when they've been gone. I would not want to deal with that group of people. No. It's an epic some, group of people. Especially with when you look at not just pure power, but right. power sets and what can go together, what can work together. Well, and that's the funny thing about the Fantastic Four, right, is like everyone's been a part of the Avengers at some point in time, I feel like there's it's mm-hmm. not it's, it's just not hard to get into that group, <laughs> and it's not hard to get into the X Men either. I mean, you have to be a mutant. That's pretty much the only requirement. And even then, I I don't even know if that's a hard requirement. Uh, being part of the Fantastic Four is not something that a lot of people have done because primarily it is those four people. So if anybody else is in that group. It's literally like they were asked to join, or it's it's not a compulsory thing. Like people are like, you have no, you you mm-hmm. you right you're over there. You're you're in the Fantastic Four now. 
I don't, I don't even care if you want to be or not. Like, this is, we need you. You have to do it. So, all of them have been badasses who have ever been in a Fantastic Four, ever. Not, not a group of people I would want to fuck around with. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, the last book that uh, we are going to be discussing, and I picked this up. I'm glad you did, actually. Because of the cover. Yeah. Uh, as well as wondering, what the hell is Ahoy Comics? We did talk about it in a previous podcast. And when you said that yep. to me, too, prior, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember talking about this. Yep. The, the the cover in of itself, I mean, I'd say this is best on tap. It, it simply evokes what exactly this story is probably going to entail. These two characters that look similar, but the the worlds behind them seem a little bit different mm -hmm. uh, in a couple different ways. I like the wording, the wrong earth, uh, where half of it looks crumbled and the other half looks just simple. And you turn the page and it starts off right away of... You have these two characters. I am not going to lie. Like, it reminded me of Batman and Robin. Yeah, Batman yeah. 66, though. Yeah. Oh, for Straight sure. Straight up, campy. They're in a mirror oven. Like, that's the name of the contraption that they're tied to. A well, mirror oven. I love oven. that just everything has, like, their their labels yeah. still on them so that you know what, what it is mm -hmm. and what's going on. The bad guy, Mr. No or number one, Dr. Dr. One. No, it's number one. That's... That's literally what his name is. Number one. He's number one. Yeah. <laughs> With this number two, and he has his henchmen's yeah. different numbers. Yeah, they're all numbered. Yes. It makes, just like you've, reading the dialogue just felt so, I mean, if it was something else, I would have been, this is terrible dialogue. Super cheesy. But it's supposed to be cheesy. Yeah. And that's the thing that it's, it's doing what it's supposed to mm -hmm. be. It's evoking this world that these characters are in. I even sent you as I was reading it. So number one's second in command. Number Deuce. two. Or I Deuce. think it's Deuce. It's a female. And you can't help but read her character in like a Harley Quinn, like super Jersey accent kind of voice. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't help it. You know that's exactly what she sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yes, the, of course, the people break out, and the reasons why, it's one of those hokey things that would happen. And while that battle is going on, you see something else. At least it tells you which world it is. There is Earth Alpha and Earth Omega. And this is where you're seeing it's a little bit more brutal, and you're automatically already thinking, that one's Batman 66, this one is really... Uh, it's like 80s Dark, Batman. Dark Knight Returns-ish yeah. type of way more adult-oriented. And I was almost wondering if it was going to be a polar opposite world where this Dragon Man was going to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. That's not. There are still some parallels. But you see him chasing his number one throughout, uh, throughout this. And her number one looks a little bit more... Badass, yeah. realistic, like whereas the number one in the in the previous world was definitely like just like a he just wanted riches and to like be famous. So he had like number one sunglasses and number one necklaces and stuff like that. This dude has like a scar on his face. A number one scar on his face. <laughs> and how they transport it, it doesn't really matter. It's it's that what we did see is that the villains 
cross through this magical doorway mm-hmm. into the other universes. Yep. And both the heroes followed suit. Right. This is where it gets to be what this book is going to be about. Of course, you're already thinking the wrong Earth means they're obviously going to go to the wrong Earth. Right. But whereas this Omega Earth, uh, you learn that the Stinger, his sidekick, is not alive because this one killed him. Uh, You have this one, number one, come out and realize he's alive. And not knowing what the hell's going on, and so he stabs him Ugh. and takes off. I could see a uh, a world where, or mostly stories where it's just the the superheroes that switch spots. Mm-hmm. So this good guy superhero has to go up against this bad guy bad guy. What I like is that it's the bad guy that has now come through with their hero, so they can at least have some dialogue knowing each other. It's right. not one of those comedy of errors where. I don't know you. I don't you because there is that throughout this, right? Who you're? There's some good reveals towards the end, which I don't want to explain why the bad world is so bad. Just that there's some dialogue where who would you know wear a mask and everything, and of right. course it's the rich rich guy. It's, it's Batman. very Batman esque. Um, the the way the these stories are written, the different worlds are so exacting in the type of world that they're supposed to be to the point where when the stinger gets killed in the let's call it the batman 66 world because that's what it is the villain one of the villains is literally like what did you just do you just killed a child yeah yeah like like basically like that that is not this is not what we're rated (laughs) yep (laughs) we don't kill children here what the hell is going on you i like she, she, she feels like I've never seen nothing this bad. Like, yeah. So I mean, even to that point, we're like, yes, she's a villain, and in our comic books nowadays, that character would be like, ah, fuck yeah, you killed one of the heroes. Back in the day, in the type of world that this was written in, that I mean, you didn't kill kids. That's not something that you did in comic books. Nobody was killed ever. People were arrested. When the dragonfly man. Because there is a difference well, between the names. Well, this is Dragonfly names. and Dragonfly right. Man. Right, so Dragonfly comes from the gritty, let's call him 1980s Batman world, and Dragonfly Man comes from the Batman 66 world. Um, when Dragonfly Man goes into the gritty world, <laughs> just the, the sheer, like, his, his expectation of things to just work out. Yeah, yeah. Is there and and so he's, positive. And he's talking to the villain. And he's like, you know, uh, I could even talk to the commissioner and get you a lighter sentence. Like, why would you? A, why would you do that? And B, that's not the way the story is going to play out for you in this world. Well, compared to then the Elf Earth Alpha, where Dragonfly, uh, who's there in Dragonfly Man's. He's already talked about, like, the police aren't all that great. And then these police officers come in and thank him and say, right. you're going to get a key to the city. We're going to make sure the kid's okay. Yeah, like, yeah. everything's going to work out fine. You're a hero. And he's just like, uh, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It, uh, there's, there's some more things in here that I'd like to talk about, but I really don't want to give away. No. Because it was just 
a hell of a good book. It was. It was a very good story, especially for a new comic book company to put out. Like, it was a very good start. I could not see them doing this with Batman and pulling it off. Like, you kind of have to do this with unknown characters Mm -hmm. in order to really be able to pull it off. Um, But still being able to do it in a way where the readers are like, oh, this is totally like if the Batman's switched place. Well, I love they have the... the, In these books, too, so we did mention before we talked about Ohio comics that they're going to have a main book, they're going to have a prose story, they're going to have a... Like a shorter comic. Yeah. And each one. The letters note in here kind of talks a little bit of it, but it's it also goes on about it's funny that you know superhero chess emblems how we take value in what it represents and people do this all the time, but they take different thoughts. So you see a lightning bolt on a chess, you see a hammer, you see you know an S, and what your thoughts on that or what you project to that character. And so with this, with these uh, Dragonfly Man, you know what they represent in their community, in their world, obviously is totally different from their perspective. Right. I love that and where it's going. And they talk more about the company. They talk about some of their editors here. And then they're talking about a couple of the other books that are going to be coming out. But what I love is uh, they have kind of, you know, most comic books talk about next time what's going to happen, you know. Uh, and Dragonfly Man, blah, blah, Corrupt and Brutal Cops and... Plus a classic vintage, never-before-drawn or written tale of Dragonfly Man and Stinger from the days when they fought crimes together on the writer. Well, of course it's never-before-seen or drawn because right. it's never been <laughs> right. out before. I yeah. just like that small little inside joke to there. But then we can even talk about this small little comic, which it Archie-ish, I would feel. Or, Richie Rich. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And it was, again... The Good Earth, and it it felt like I was in this time of these characters yeah. and put in this universe to how it would have evoked reading it, and that even had a that, very that interesting... comic. It was totally the feel of like a old school Richie Rich or like Casper or those that style, and even that feel that wholesomeness that goes into those comics, and it ended really dark for me, like. And they did it in such a way where, like, unless you thought about it, then it, it really wasn't that dark. But when you get to the end of the story and you're, you read what just happened and you processed what was going on, you're like, oh, okay, this is, that's, this, this is a little dark. <laughs> so, and it, I just thought it was masterful because literally you had to stop and think about it in order to get that feeling from it. Now, out of the four books that it looks like they're going to be publishing, uh, there's Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror, Captain Ginger, High Heaven, and The Wrong Earth. Captain Ginger, I I am... I feel like I want to read all of these just to try them out. Oh, for sure. The High Heaven, that guy looks like Sylvester Stallone. Well, that's the one... As an angel. It's weird. I I 100% think I'm going to really like that. From what I've heard, it's like... There is a heaven, but they actually torture people. Okay. So it's like that really heaven. So it's like a, I like I said, don't really know, but I am very. I'm really. Uh, There's also looking a- forward to these books that are coming yeah. from them. I think they're going to be high quality. And Grant that's Morrison did the pro story in this. Grant Morrison, that's a name. 
You know, if you're going to start a label... Yes, it is a name. So is Linz and so is Tony. I'm, that's a name in comics. Like, everyone knows who Grant Morrison is. That's a good That's a good name to throw into one of the first comics you, you put out. Even though it's a pro story. He didn't write any of the comic stories that were in there or anything like that. He wrote the prose story that's in this book. Um, but still, very smart. Very smart, Paul. Oh, so... Linz. Tony. Anything happen in the in the real world that is newsworthy? And you know stuff and things. You have all of the news this week. I don't know if I have all the news. You're the one that mentioned to me about the spring. Yeah. Trailer. So there were two two trailers. One wasn't a trailer. There was a trailer and a teaser that came out this week. The teaser was a teaser. teaser. Are stupid. I don't they even are. want to talk about teaser anymore. I, I mean, you know, I'm. They announced the third Daredevil season, which everyone's kind of been wondering when the hell that's going to come out. So they gave they put out the teaser for that. Everyone was knowing it's going to be the end, right? That's going to be the, the story they're going to pull from. So it'll be interesting. Um, but the Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina trailer came out. And holy shit, is that show going to be awesome? It looks... So good. Creepy as fuck. I know. So they're definitely pulling from... The comic that they did, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So it's going to be dark. And it's, from my understanding, and I could be completely wrong, as I often am, uh, it's supposed to exist in the same universe as Riverdale. Riverdale? Yeah. Well, so did Chilling Adventures of no, Yeah. Yes. It, Ish. Yeah. Because, uh, so, you know, she, she was one of the people who helped bring... The dog, mm. Jughead's dog, back to life that caused the zombie apocalypse and blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, uh, it, it just looks super cool. And you can see, I can see, like, having read Chilean Adventures of Sabrina, you can see pulls from the book. So, especially with the the dad there with the horns and the goat mask. Yes, um, that looks it's just, it looks, oh, I just can't wait to watch the series. I think it's going to be, this is not your Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Not even close. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Speaking of trailers, do you hear the rumor that this week we're going to get uh, Captain Marvel? Are we? Yep. From okay. what I've been hearing. Oh, I'm so excited about I can't this. remember what day exactly, so by the time listeners are listening to this, they may have already seen it. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it was amazing. Yeah. Because it probably will, it be. will be. But I hope it's not a teaser trailer. I mean, as you had mentioned before, uh, teaser, I, I, those are fucking stupid. They were cool the moment that we first ever heard of them. Right. And now it's like, it's just milking more of free publicity when I don't want to just see a silhouette or right. someone say a word or a name. So to me, a teaser trailer is appropriate for announcing something. So if we didn't know they were making a Captain Marvel movie and they threw out a teaser trailer for it, that to me is an appropriate use of a teaser trailer. Yeah. I want that to, like, I don't mind seeing 30 seconds of just, I think they did this for the Shazam movie where they literally just did the outfit and then at the end, I think he says Shazam, and then there's a lightning bolt. Like, literally, we knew that this movie was in the works, maybe, possibly. It had been rumored for a long time. But to see that teaser trailer and to hear that word and, you know, all the stuff that went along with it gave you tingles. 
You know there's a Captain Marvel movie coming. You know there's a third season of Daredevil coming. <laughs> Teaser trailers just don't seem to be needed at this point. Uh, speaking of Captain Marvel, uh, you know, a lot of people are speculating, you know, about the movie. Uh, you know, we already know it takes place in the 90s, but can we be more specific? Mm -hmm. And there's one theory going around the internet that they believe that it might be 1997. The theory comes from Captain America Civil War when Tony meets Peter and shows him kind of this uh, quick hologram of Spider-Man in action and Peter kind of goes, oh, that's just fake. And then Tony replies, oh yeah, fake like the uh, UFOs over Phoenix, which that kind of talks about uh, a real life occurrence called the Phoenix Lights that happened in the real world that people it's one of those unexplained mystery type things sure. where you know the skies of phoenix there was these lights and people still think it's aliens so what if that really did happen and that was captain marvel fighting off the korean scrolls ah. over phoenix and so when tony's kind of like saying no it's not fake what you're thinking is fake just like this the ufos over phoenix right he's kind of doing a nod to hmm. it wasn't fake hmm. who knows that could just be you know random right maybe we don't even need to know exactly what time it is. in the 90s i think the soundtrack will tell us yeah that's true <laughs> um moving on to some other marvel news uh it just uh infinity war just uh, ended its domestic uh, box office, okay. and they are now officially the fourth highest grossing movie ever without inflation. Okay. But here's the thing. I feel like it should have made at least the third, because in third place is Black Panther. Mm. I would feel they would have made a little bit more than Black Panther. Black Panther being amazing in its run, too, and we talked about it for like six weeks straight about how much Black Panther was making. Uh, Infinity War came in with a total of six point uh, eight, $6.78 million, I believe, which is just slightly under the Black Panther's $700 million. Uh, Avatar brought in $760 million, and The Force Awakens took in $936 million. Now, that's domestic box office. Sure. Worldwide, we know that Infinity War brought in a total of $2.46 billion. Now, when you think of that top four list, who owns those movies? Disney. All four of those? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of... It's crazy. That is a monopoly, for sure. Um... The box office from Infinity War and Ant-Man has pushed the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe into the over $4 billion. That's just this year? Total. The entire Marvel Damn. Cinematic Universe has made over $4 billion. It's a lot of fucking money. That's profit. $4 million in profit. So that's taking out all the costs to make all of the movies. These movies have made $4 billion in profit. I would love... Billion, right? Billion, with a B. Yes. <laughs> oh. Jeez, always. Well, Disney slash Marvel's doing something right. Yeah. 
I'd say definitely Marvel. And we're going to get a wedding coming in December with Fantastic Four number five, where we're going to actually see Ben Grimm uh, marry Alicia Masters. Are we? Yes, we are, because they are... <laughs> this is the great part about what I loved about hearing this this news. I, I, I too, would be yeah. skeptical. Because both weddings this year have not gone off yeah. well. <laughs> and they have put out, yes, they are both going to say I do. This is actually going to happen. I think comic book worlds have realized, don't fuck with their fans on people yeah. wanting to see characters get married. Right. And this is something that has been in the works for forever. I mean... Alicia Masters has, has dated Ben multiple times. She is a sculptor, so it's kind of cool that he's a rock man. Right. She's blind. I mean, she's had her vision come back a couple times, but even then, she likes this giant rock creature who feels he can never be loved. Yeah. And she's been around for quite a while. She uh, was introduced way back in Fantastic Four number eight. So she's been with the team for a while. For a while. Which would be why they included her in the first Fantastic Four movie. Yep. And uh, this will also, number five will also mark the 650th issue of Fantastic Four. Because if you ever see on the books, they still have legacy numbers underneath mm-hmm. their new numbers. That's a great compromise. It why did really they just, is. Why, just, why did they say You know what? I remember this being our suggestion to them. Yes. <laughs> Keeping both of them on there. <laughs> oh, uh, switching over to different universes. Uh, I guess we can talk about Image and AMC's plans to have another decade of The Walking Dead. Why? Do people still really like The Walking Dead? I stopped they, watching. They re- there are fans out there, though. And primarily those fans, when I talk to them, all have never read the comics. Nah. That is the one key part of those demographics, which... Hey, they are going to be making money hand over fist because there's these people that love it. I think for a zombie show, it has some good points, but it has turned into too much of a drama. I just can't stand the... It's predictable. Right. Oh, no, it's beyond predictable. I don't even know if that's a thing to be beyond predictable, but it is definitely like... You just... You know... You get sad when they kill off your favorite characters the first season and the second season and the third season. And then after the fourth season, you're like, I just don't fucking care about any of you anymore. Yeah. Watch you all to die. <laughs> yeah, you're all just, I know one of you or all of you are going to die, so I'm just not invested anymore. <laughs> um, Batman Day uh, had come and gone, and with it we saw the debut of the DC Universe... Uh, uh, streaming service. Right. So. Fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I almost was going to review something because it happened, but there wasn't any good stories. Yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, no, DC uh, Universe streaming service is out, and like everything, it has its hiccups. The app doesn't necessarily work for a lot of people. The it says that it has a large category of things, which it does, but when you look at some of the books, it only has a sliver of some of the books, mm. depending on what you want to read. Uh, you know, take for example, like a Batman book from New Fifty Two. There's only a couple issues, mm. which I don't know if that's them trying to be like they get you hooked and then you go buy the comics. But if you're paying for this service, which says that it has all books, right? Why doesn't it have included? 
because this kind of makes me say where I was once interested, I'm not if they're going to be selective in the selections. Right. And also, so if you are reading a new 52 Batman and you and there's two, issues one and two and you're like, oh, I really like this story, which I don't know why you would say that. Because the new 52 books were terrible. But if you were reading it and you really liked it, where the fuck would you go to get these books? My comic book store doesn't carry that many back issues. Yeah, well, you'd have to order the, um, the, tra- or the, the trade. Yeah, and they can easily do that for you. Right. Uh, actually, whenever. You could do it going on Amazon or whatever. Or is this like what they're trying to do with the Walmart thing of, getting you hooked now and then jump on board mm. i don't know but i don't know what the expansion of their back catalog is either because if this is just some of them are they going to have all the old school stuff too because those are hard to find and some of those aren't even collected right. editions right and some of those are going to be way too expensive for anybody to to buy single issues of mm-hmm. at this point in time so yes but one of the things that they are doing though is having uh a ton of giveaways. They have 30 days of giveaways. So if you sign up now, you have more chances to win. I don't know necessarily if gambling to win something DC-themed that's, I think is that's, worth it. I think anytime you try to do anything with DC, it's a gamble. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's not lie. There's a couple cool things that they got going for themselves. Uh, the Justice League is not one of them, or their DCEU... No. For sure. Right. Smart, though. We've already learned that they have no more super... They don't have a Batman. No. They don't have a Superman. Right. What? Isn't Henry Cavill Superman? Nope. Not anymore. That was just me being the audience for you. Well, he's gonna... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. It it was announced this week that uh, he's parting ways. So they had a Superman in two movies, yep. of three. I guess Batman or Superman, Man of Steel, and then Justice, Justice League. League yep. They rush shit too much. What are they like? I can see they just need to stick to standalone movies. Yeah. Where you can replace the the actor whenever. I mean, we pretend that those other no, actually, we don't pretend those other Batman movies happen. In those Batman movies, we pretended those other Batman movies happen when we had Michael Keaton. Right. Uh, it kind of became part of the Batman franchise, right? For the Batman to change. Yeah, and you just knew, and they were standalone movies. Right. Well, the first Batman and Batman Returns were yeah. considered back to back because it also had the same actor. Oh, those were the best ones. I love Batman Returns, but even with Dark Knight uh, trilogy, you you could pretend those other Batmans happened at, at whatever. Right? Can't be go right. drugged out, <laughs> Bruce. We don't need to, and those were separate, and they're interesting of themselves. Mm-hmm. It didn't make us be like, I don't want to see this Batman. No. Right. I would love to go see a good Batman movie. Based off of White Knight, based off of anything else, uh, i just like to see it up. Like they're doing with the Joker movies, right? They're yeah. doing the, the Elseworlds Joker movie, and they're doing... The Jared Leto Joker movie, um, <laughs> which we don't need. But... Well, well, again, I, DC, <laughs> what are you doing? It's, yeah, um, it it's it's just weird to me um, that they're trying to build a universe and they can't get their stars to stay. 
if you're trying if you're trying to go in a different direction in the way you used to do things and you're trying to build a universe with continuity like you're you have to give in to the demands of your stars and you have to placate them or else they're going to leave you can't also let them be directors and then try and star in their own movie <laughs> yeah because that's why you lost Ben Affleck <laughs> and you're losing Henry Cavill because you're pushing things too fast and he's got other shit going on like neither one of them were the best of those characters but again if you're trying to build like you you have that chemistry between the team already and now you're just going to switch them out for somebody else going back to the way things used to be mm -hmm. DC will you ever learn no if they switch out Wonder Woman then I'm I'm done with them forever. And that's the thing. Are do do they feel confident enough to have the same Wonder Woman? And well, these same actors with if they're gonna create a universe and then all of a sudden new Batman. See if you have your own like contained Batman universe, your own contained right. Superman universe. Switching that actor, yeah, it just it's just a different actor and you're realizing you're in this world. But when there's other people that interact with them, mm -hmm. it would be kind of strange right? if all of a sudden... There is a way around this. Flashpoint. Yes. Are they going to use the nuclear option now? Right. And really... I... <sighs> then, then they're stuck, though, explaining that's why this person looks different, that we had these interactions with before. Right. But then what happens when they have a new person come in the mix? Flashpoint point two? I don't think... You can only do that once. Right. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. And I think that they, that they need to just get over themselves and not shoehorn them in. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a mess. They're Marvel, they are not. Yes. <laughs> in terms of movies, that's for sure. Well, uh, it's time to wrap things up. Booze in a book this week is going to be The Amazing Spider-Man number five paired with uh, was it Cigar City Brewing's Gaia Barra. Gaia Barra? Yes. G-U-A-Y-A-B-E-R-A. -A -A. It's a citrus uh, pale ale. Okay. The reason why they're paired, it has less to do with the books and more to do with uh, I went tailgating, college football. My buddy had these. These were fucking amazing. Okay. And I also brought uh, some comic books to read on the car ride there, and this was one of them. Right. And I was thinking, I really kind of want to talk about this book, but I had so many others to talk about. I can throw this into booze in the book and kind of just say, hey, I'm going to quick chat about it for a quick second. It was amazing. It was great. Good dialogue. Peter Parker and Spider-Man were separated. And with them being separated, their consciousness doesn't all remember. One's not, has like, you know, the jokes and everything. One doesn't remember science. Right. They need to form back together. And the the thing that just made me laugh the most, and this is kind of why I want to just talk about it and I'm pairing it with these two. Uh, <laughs> Peter's hurt and, you know. Uh, you know, you got to go out and try and save somebody. You know, hopefully Uncle Ben would be proud. Spider-Man goes, Pete, why do you keep saying the name of a delicious brand of instant rice? <laughs> that made me audibly start laughing in the car ride. My friends go, what's so funny? I'm like, oh, it's a nerd thing. You wouldn't understand. But. Yeah. I feel like I can picture a Halloween costume in your future. 
with the box of Uncle Ben's rice. I think you could pull that off. You could be the guy that murdered Uncle Ben. I feel like I'd have to do that, though, in a year that Spider-Man came out. Okay. So it kind of yeah. ties in. Eh, in the right crowd, it would work no matter what. That's true. Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> Comic-Con. There you That'll go. A, there you go. <laughs> make a simple box. <laughs> oh, with that, uh, stay thirsty for... Dot, dot, dot. Insert your own phrase here. Oh. <laughs> Trying to think of like a. It's like a choose your own adventure ending to our, <laughs> to our podcast. <laughs> no, uh, stay thirsty for the Chinese all you can eat buffet. Instant rice. Okay, that's a stretch. I know. <laughs> Again, insert your own ending here. 